your blood, you bought our freedom. We walk into this place here today, Lord, a free person, Lord, in your salvation that you have handed to us, Lord, because of that sacrifice. And for that, we say you're so good. Sing it. Come on, church. Amazing love. Amazing love that welcomes me, the kindness of mercy, and bought with blood, wholeheartedly, my soul undeserving. We sing it all together.
sing it out. God, you're so good. What amazing truth of that song. The amazing power of the truth of that song. He's provided salvation for us that were lost. He's given us his Holy Spirit to live in us, to lead us and guide us. And then he's given us the body of Christ to encourage each other. We're 22 years out from 9-11. Yet it seemed like it was just a few years ago. Father God, many of us remember what we were going through that very day. And yet, Lord God, we have had other days of uprising like that in our life. Unexpected attacks from the enemy over our health, over our family, over our jobs, over our lives. And yet, Lord God, we look back and you have always been there. You have always watched over us. You have always kept your goodness and mercy upon us. Father, we're so grateful for that. We're so grateful for your love. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Father God, for your goodness. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you, God, for your grace. Lord, I pray that, Lord, 
you fill us with your Holy Spirit right now. Whether we're in this sanctuary or watching online, I pray that the presence of Almighty God be experienced and that, Lord, you meet every person's need. Lord, as we prepare for communion, we pray, Lord God, that you relieve us of the stresses of our life, the frustrations of living in a city where violence is continuing to plague our streets, where there's uncertainty, Lord, decisions made from the national level down to the local level that sometimes don't even make sense. Yet, Lord God, we are a praying people and we're still believing that, Lord God, prayer changes things and we're believing that we serve the God that can give us back Albuquerque, New Mexico and Bernalillo County and New Mexico, a city filled with love and hope and no longer violence and death. Get rid of this fentanyl plague and horrible problem that we have in this state. Father God, we pray, Lord God, deliverance from people that are addicted. We pray, Father God, reconciliation for families that are broken. We pray restoration for families that are ready to quit and give up. We pray, Father God, hope and, and love and peace. Father God, might your mercy reign deep and wide. We thank you, Lord. We pray all these things and many more in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated in the spirit of worship. We're going to be taking communion, and if one of the ushers would be so kind to bring me communion, I'd appreciate that. But in the night that the Lord was betrayed, he had taken the bread, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, eat this in remembrance of me. Now, he gave thanks. He thanked the Lord that he literally was going to go to the cross. And he didn't thank him for the pain that he was going to endure. He was thanking him for the freedom you and I were going to experience. And that was overwhelming to know that he went to the cross with joy because he knew we were going to be set free because of that. So, Father, as we hold this bread... We just think of the sins that put you on the cross and they were ours. Our bad decisions, our bad call. And yet, Lord God, you said because of your stripes, we're healed, we're restored. So, Father God, as we take this bread, restore our life closer to you and closer to our family, closer to our community. I pray in Christ's name, you may eat the bread. He then took the cup, he gave thanks and he gave it to the disciples saying, take all of you and drink from it. For it is a cup of my blood, the everlasting covenant. And I shall not drink of this cup again until I come back. He was making a covenant promise that he's gonna come back for us. He's gonna come back for his church. He's gonna come back for us as believers. And so we hold on to a cup of hope. We hold on to a cup of future. We hold on to a cup of destiny. We hold on to a cup reminding us that we are not of this earth. We're only passing through. We have a home that we're going to go home to. And he says, I go and prepare a place for you. So, Father, thank you that where you are, we will be because of the blood. 
And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may drink of the cup. What great joy, Lord, we experience in having a life in you. I pray in Christ's glorious name, amen. Would you stand to your feet again and just worship him and give him thanks and praise and say thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, how you're doing it, and what you're about to do.
Hi, I'm Tommy. And I'm Eddie. We're the Skit Guys. We want to talk to you today about signing up to be a volunteer at the church. Yeah, it's not only a great encouragement to your church family, it's a great encouragement to your staff who works very hard to create all sorts of great events. There's great places where you can serve. That's good. That's good, Tommy. That's good. I mean, there's probably a million ways you can serve, all right? Figure out some ways to use your gifts and talents and volunteer. Yeah, buddy, it's, I mean, let's not overdo it. What? A million? I'm sure there's a million ways you could... A million? Uh, are you ta- are you taking my... I-, I can do math. Maybe we could get a volunteer to help with the announcements. I- I'm, I'm good at announcements. Are you? I can do it. Are you? Yes. I bet there's a million people who could do it better. Ouch. Somebody out there might want to help do announcements, just had a general knowledge of the English language, able to articulate. Hmm? Um, hair's optional. Okay, it's going too far. Yo, yo. Good morning, family. <laughs> I'm telling you, we have too much fun back there out there. But we're not going to go into that for legal purposes, so, yeah. Hey, church, we want to welcome you to the house of the Lord. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor, and, and with me we have Javier Gonzalez. Good morning, good morning. And, uh, part, of our, you know, part of our worship team and Pretty much anything we need you to do, Javier, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah, I do think more than uh, lift things up and put them down, apparently. Look at that. Imagine that. Yeah. So we brought out Mr. Muscles here, because today we want to talk. I'm not salty about that at all. (laughs) Not one bit. What are you talking about? Hey, church, today we want to talk. We're talking about volunteering at the church, and for one, we want to say thank you so, so much for those here and even those at home that are reaching out and saying, how do I get involved? We say thank you so much for the amazing response to these areas of need. We thank you so much. We're, we, we, it's been so awesome to see. But today we want to talk about a very important piece of our ministry church, and that's our safety and security team. And uh, we can we celebrate what they do for us every time we walk in, right? And here's the awesome part, church, is that you probably don't even know that they're part of your safety and security team, right? Because we're not just, tell us, Javier, kind of what it looks like to be part of, not that you're a part of it, but I mean, we're all a part of it, but not the official part of it, our safety and security team. Because people want to walk in and think, you know, being a part of our safety and security team, you got to be like 6'4", and like put things, lift things up and put them down. (laughs) And it's not necessarily the case. Absolutely, yeah. And you know what, guys? There's a a misconception sometimes as far as what security is supposed to look like. Bottom line, we're just trying to make everyone feel welcome and safe here in a a good environment for the family. And that's what we're looking for. People who can uh, really look out for one another and make sure that everything is safe, good to go. You don't have to be, like Mike said, 6'4", you know, 250. You just have to have a heart for the people here and for... Uh, wanting to keep everyone safe. So anyone can be a part of it. Mike, can you tell us how we can even sign up for something Most like that? Definitely. Look, I, just before we go there, I, I wanted to talk about just a little bit more. Look, church, I wish we could say man, woman, and children, but we don't obviously want children on our <laughs> safety and security team. But, you know, we have um, one, of our, one of our security leaders, our, our security point person, she is uh, about this tall. I'll say tall. She's about this tall. And she works at a bank, a nine-to-five every day. Her husband, who's her partner in ministry, he works for the city of Albuquerque, and he does, you know, some transit stuff. And, 
and they work just like you and I work every single day and they're part of our team. So like Javier said, but here, here's, how, here's how to sign up. There's a QR code behind me. And if you're saying, hey, maybe that's something I'm interested in doing. Maybe you have a, a lot of discernment. Maybe the Lord has given you the gift of discernment, right? Being a watchful eye. The Bible tells us that we need to be uh, as wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. Amen. And that's what it takes to be a part of our security ministry, right? Always being vigilant and saying, hey, it's not just people walking through the doors. It's part of our parking ministry, yep. right? Making sure Absolutely. that our cars are safe while we're here. Unfortunately, we live in a day and age because it's not just exclusively to Albuquerque, New Mexico. This kind of stuff happens nationwide, right? Making sure that our cars are safe. Maybe it's for parents' night out that we need additional security for parents' night out or sisterhood gatherings or anything to do with women and children or even ex, you know, men's ministry that we need additional security for. Those kind of things. Maybe you said maybe not every Sunday, not every Wednesday, but maybe I can help out for a parents' night out. Maybe I want to be the person assigned to parents' night out, right? Me and another person. So you want to sign up. There's a QR code that's right behind me. Just pick up your cell phone, scan that QR code, and uh, click the link. And it'll take you to, to me right away. And then we'll talk about the gift that we need. And if you have that gift, we would love to explore. You say, maybe it's just something that I want to explore. Lord, put me somewhere. If today's the day that we're talking about security and you're saying, well, guess what? That's not that QR code that's behind me is not exclusive to security. It's exclusive to the church to sign up to volunteer. But it's not exclusive to security. So Absolutely. Great. And again, we also appreciate, you know, the private security that we have here. That's, right. That's something that we could not do without your guys' generous, generous ties and giving. And uh, if, that, if you're, that's another thing that you're wondering how to do, we do have boxes in the back for your ties if you're old school. We also have that same QR code, or you can go online and give that way. But once again, church, thank you so much for your giving. Thank you so much for your volunteering. You are the church, and without you, we would not be able to do what we do. So uh, with that, I think, thank you, so we can turn your attention to the screen. Thank you so much. Love you, church. Thank you so much for the response. The world was different that day. The economy was booming. 401ks were solid. And a fast... Eight out of ten Americans wouldn't be able to define the word jihad. On that day, something happened that changed everything. That day was a Tuesday. For most of us, our only connection to the events of that day was what we saw on television. However, we are all connected and that we all have a place. For some of us, it's a spot on the highway. For others, it's in an office. Or a coffee with a friend. It's the place we will never forget. The place where we watched it happen on that day. So here we are, many days later, still hurt, still angry, still trying to understand why. 
1 Corinthians 13 explains that we don't see things clearly right now. In essence, we just won't be able to understand in this lifetime things like what happened on that day. However, it goes on to say that one day we will see all things clearly. But until that day comes, we have three things to embrace to help us in our reconciliation. Faith in God, unswerving hope, and love. And the greatest of the three is love. Through the shock and the horror, something else happened on that day. Although the evil intentions appeared to be a success, our country embraced the complete opposite of what was intended. Instead of division, there was unity. Instead of confusion, there was clarity. Instead of falling apart, we banded together. But then again, that's the way one nation under God will always respond. hard to believe that that was over two decades ago, 22 years tomorrow. How many of you were not even born then? Oh, really, there's a few. It happened in 2001, so there's a few, okay? And all the youth that are over there also. Uh, there is going to be a 9-11 memorial service tomorrow for any of you that might want to attend it's going to be in Rio Rancho, right behind Intel. There's a cemetery there called Vista Verde. And they have a 9-11 memorial, Twin Towers there. I will be preaching a service there tomorrow at 6 p.m. So if anyone wants to join, feel free to attend that. Um, as we get in the Word, I'm kicking off a new sermon series. And uh, let's, let's have a quick prayer for the men coming back from the men's retreat. Uh, they ought to be hitting it out right about now. So, Lord, I just pray uh, a covering over every man that went, every boy that went. I pray that, God, they come back transformed. And I pray that, Lord, you give them a safety traveling back to Albuquerque. Uh, some are going back to Clovis, and uh, I just pray a covering over that protection in Christ's name. And bless this time together in your word. Amen. We had a blast. Last, last, last. And there were four kids. There were some dads that took their children, so there were four young boys there. And they were around a bunch of crazy men that uh, we were acting like little boys. Had a lot of fun. They have zip line, and they have water slides, and they have target practice. We're shooting guns and riding horses and all kinds of really neat stuff. And it's fun to see old guys being kids again, you know? But uh, I really pray that God really got a hold of their heart. But look, I'm, I'm kicking off a sermon series today, and I'm calling it The Basics of Life. I remember there was a song that came out in the late uh, 80s, early 90s, that was called The Basics of Life. And they were saying how we've drifted from these principles, these precepts that God has laid out for us, and even us as a country have adhered to. 
We used to call ourselves a Christian country. We're no longer a Christian country because very little of America is even Christian anymore. And it's really sad. And so people pull away from these things. And so I want to talk about the basics, the essentials that you need in your life to have a successful and fruitful life. In an article I was reading, it said that uh, the question was asked of a biologist what the basic of life was, and he said, air, water, light, and food. A pharmacist said a whole list of vitamins and minerals. A survivalist said a shotgun, ammunition, dehydrated food, and water. But life is much more than physical. There's a spiritual component, the emotional component, those things that we need to that are essential for our life. And, and we need to understand that there's a big difference between existing and living, between surviving and thriving. And I want us to learn how to really live and how to thrive and how to excel and how to do phenomenal in our life and, and to really do well. And I was thinking about this. You realize that 2023 that we live in, is going to come to an end in three months, three and a half months, it's over. I'm like, I'm still writing 1998, you know? It's like, what happened, man? How did it get here so fast? And we need to understand that there's some basic needs that God is saying, these are things you need to really have a successful life and to really have a fruitful life and to really be able to make it. And, and the very first thing we really do need is we need power to live on. We need power to make it. There's so many things in life that are draining our energy, so many things that are draining us as human beings. Conflict is major. There's major conflict in our world today. You can't even be happy. I mean, if you're walking around with a Starbucks cup, some people are like, right on, Starbucks. Others, I can't believe you're supporting that company. And you're like, I'm drinking coffee. But man, people are weird anymore. Like if, if, I mean, if you have a Dallas Cowboy jersey, you're really smart. <laughs> and, but other people don't think so. They go, what kind of an idiot are you? And are you with me though? Literally, I mean, it's funny, we, we, we argue over some of the weirdest things. Red or green, red or green. Okay. Put them on, who cares? It's like people are in this chip-on-the-shoulder kind of life now. Constant conflict about everything. Like our governor made a decision yesterday to bring protection to our state. And there's a lot of people mad over the decision she made. She's saying, I'm going to take weapons away from the good people because the bad people aren't going to surrender them. You know what I mean? So it's like, so people are mad about that. They, every, everyone's mad about something. You're going to the state fair? Yeah, I say, well, you're to go to the state fair. I like spending $22 on a hamburger, okay? <laughs> but are you with me? It's like, what business is it of yours? It's like, but people, there's conflict, and it's draining us. There's stress, stress. People are stressed out about all stuff. Like they're stressed about stuff. People's busyness. We live in such a busy time. Busy, 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 busy. Change is never adapted too well. 
Nobody likes, look, everyone wants change as long as it doesn't affect them. And, it, and it's frustrating. Then delays. Have you ever been delayed? The doctor's office says, get here 15 minutes early because we're going to keep you two hours late. It's like, okay, it makes perfect sense. You know, it's like people are living frustrated. Their work is overwhelming. School is overwhelming. Just all of these things are draining. And in spite of all these energy-saving measures, I mean, we have a, a telephone, a smartphone. We literally have a computer in our hand. You can get emails, texts, you have social media, you have phone calls, you have all this communication. And with all of this communication tool that you have, nobody talks. Nobody converses. It, it, it doesn't make sense. People are working endless hours. Back in 1972, the average work week was 40.6 hours a week. Today, it's 60.4 hours a week. It's like people are going, 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 going. And, and with that, we need to stay fresh. We need to stay renewed. We need to stay energized. So God has given us these basic essentials of life, the basic needs of life, basic needs that you have to have to have this. And, 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 and he wants us to focus on him. And the secret of really having a power to live with, to to having your life is, is staying focused on God. I mean, look what it says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 30 and 31. It says, even youths will become weak and tired. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strengths. They will soar high on wings with eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this out there at camp. We were out, out at the men's retreat, and at the end of Friday night, we had an amazing time of service and then time of fellowship and a bunch of guys sharing, and we had a big old fire pit, and it was just really awesome. And finally, everyone was starting to go, and there was some really young guys. And they go, man, we're exhausted, man. We're going to go to sleep. I go, it's 9.30 at night. And these young guys that were playing ping pong go, dude, everyone went to sleep except all of you old guys. There was about five of us old guys, you know, sitting around talking and just having a good old time. And they go, man, you guys are still awake. And I'm like, yeah, because we know how to renew our strength. <laughs> but all kidding aside, we knew how to get away to renew yourself, to get revitalized, because you've got to get revitalized, and God has the power that you need to have that revitalization. God has the power that you need. His power is evidence in creation. We got to see creation out there. We're in the middle of the woods. It's gorgeous, and we're taking it in, and, and we're going, man, this is amazing. We've got to understand that we need to have a power to live by a power that strengthens you, a power that endures, a power that keeps you going through no matter what you've gone through. And we do that by focusing on God and getting plugged into God and getting connected with God. And, and we get that connection in worship. But we think that worship is we come to church and, okay, the, the team's up here leading us in songs, so that's the worship part. Now we sit down and we listen. No, this is still worship. Worship was 
Friday night when we were, or Friday afternoon when we were distributing food and we distributed, I think it was 13,000 pounds of food. That's worship. It's serving our community. It's giving of ourselves to other people. It's pouring ourselves out. You see, worship is that connection with God that it's not just this ritual ceremony. It's literally focusing on God and saying, God, what can I do? It's literally spending that time with God and getting connected with God. Look what it says in Psalm 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God and I will be honored by every nation and I will be honored throughout the world but be still and know that I'm God. God wants us to spend time with him in quietness. He wants us to spend time with him to meditate. And when I'm saying meditate, I don't mean legs crossed and going home, home. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about meditating on his word, getting into his word, getting into his word and his word getting into us to refresh us, to restore us, to renew us, to regain that power that we need to live with. Because that's a basic need of life that we have to have. And that's why people that don't have the Lord are walking around empty and walking around broken and walking around so tired and they're just saying, I can't do this anymore. And I'm saying, you know what? I can't do it without God, but with God, I could more than do it. Because you know what? He causes me to really understand that he's the one that had the power to move the stone. He's the one that had the power to raise the dead. He's the one that has the power to raise us up. And that's why we need to turn to him. Another thing we need is we need people to live with. We need people to live with. We were not made to go through life alone. We were made to have a relationship, relationship with God and relationship with each other. I mean, when God created the universe and he created the world and he made the Garden of Eden, it was paradise. And man, he put Adam in there. Adam has all the creation there. And Adam had, man, he's sitting in the garden, has everything he wants. He's kicking back with his animals, his remote control, watching television. And he goes, hey, hun, bring me some water. There was no hun to bring him water. There was nobody there. So God says, man, it's not good to man be alone. Okay, maybe that's not exactly how it happened. But it did happen like this. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who will be just right for him. And I love it in the, he- in the Hebrew. When you read this passage, and he brought Eve to Adam, in English it goes, at last, Adam is going. But in the Hebrew, it's going like, a woo-woo, wow. He's going like, You, she's gorgeous. And then Eve comes into his life. Ay, and what a blessing and what a mess. Eve decides to bring sin in the world. Adam decides to join her. And ever since then, women have been trying to control men ever since. No, 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 that's in the Bible. Oh, see, you're saying, oh, ha, ha. No, it's in the Bible. If you want to look it up now, but we're not going to... Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. You know what it says? Because women, because Eve sinned, because Adam sinned, us men have to work real hard and, and go through pain in life. Because women sin, they, they, give, they have pain in childbirth. But the end of that verse, in verse 16 of Genesis 3, 
It says, and they will want to control their man. That's what it says. Read it. See, some of you are going, no, I don't say it. It says it. And that's why you women are going, no wonder I like to be the head of the house and control everything. And some of the men going, they don't control me. And the wife's going, that's what he thinks. But you know what? That's why there's that battle for control because sin came into the world. It, it created a lot of drama. And we live in that drama. And we, we can't go back to paradise. There's no such thing as going back to paradise. The Bible even goes on to say, if you read a little further, that God finally kicked Adam and Eve out of paradise. And he even put a, 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 he put a cherubim and he put a guard there, said, don't, don't let them go back in. So we can't go back to paradise. But we got to understand that, that there's stuff that we have to go with, but God created us and designed us for relationship. Relationship with him, but relationship with each other to be supportive, encouraging, to really be able to go through life together. That's why it's so amazing to have a church, to be able to have a church body to, to tap into, to, to be able to encourage each other and to, to see each other. And, 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 and look, I mean, we're, we're not being ugly and mean. I was at the front door saying hi to some people, and one of the greeters had a Bronco jersey on, and another person came up and go, ha, 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 we're going to beat you guys today. And it wasn't like, we're going to beat you, man. You want to get down? Come on. They're just having fun. They're, they're, they're just taunting each other in a, in a fun way. That's what family does. We encourage each other. Do you have a network of people that you could go to when life falls apart? When you go to the doctor just for a routine checkup and they say, hey, we got to have you come back because we found some cancer and we don't know what's happening in your body and, and, and you're like devastated. And if you don't have anybody, let me tell you something. The, the Department of Mental Health had a study and it said that people that isolate themselves, they were talking about during this COVID crisis. And during this COVID crisis that we just came out of, People were isolating themselves. Some people have still not come out of, out of isolation. Those of you watching online, I hope that you would come back. I really do, because let me tell you something. People that isolate themselves and stay away from people are three times more likely to an early death. They're four times more likely to suffer emotional burnout. They're five times more likely to be clinically depressed. And they're 10 times more likely to end up hospitalized for emotional or mental disorder. Because you isolate yourself. You don't have connection with anybody. It's important to have connection. It's important to see each other. It's important to be with each other. God created us to do life together. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, he says right there, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. It says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls by himself is in real trouble. Man, it's important that we understand and have these relationships to support each other. That's why in the book of Rome, uh, Hebrews, rather, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, man, the, the writer there is encouraging us. And he says, let's think of ways to motivate one another and to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Look, some people say, when is Jesus coming? I don't know, but I'll tell you, with some of the stuff going on, it seems like he's coming pretty soon. We better be ready. 
We better be ready. And it says there, let's encourage each other because some people have kind of stepped away. You know what? We're very well aware that there are some people that are called occasional attenders. They attend church occasionally. They come for a special occasion or they come for Christmas or Easter. We call those people creasters because they come for Christmas and Easter. So they're creaster attenders. And then we have some that, hey, what should we do today? You know, we haven't been to church in forever. We ought to go to church. Yeah, okay, let's go to church. And you just come occasionally, but you don't, it's not a priority in your life. It's just like an afterthought. You really ought to make it a, a, a priority. Don't skip services. Say, I, I, I want to get connected, This, especially this new year. So you know what? I really challenge you for the rest of the year. Try to come to church every Sunday. I understand things happen, but, but make it a priority that you're going to do your very best. and You're going to get connected somehow. You're going to get involved in some of the classes that are being offered and discipleship classes and, and, and different small groups to get involved in, in something where you could have a support group just lean on and cry with and pray with and laugh with and have a good time with and really do life with, to really be able to get to know each other and get involved in ministry, to get involved doing things, get involved just encouraging each other because it's important to do. So we need God's power to live by, but we need people to live with, and then we need principles to live by. We need God's principles. Man, we've gotten rid of God's principles. Principles were something that literally this country was established with. And we were a country that you had the Ten Commandments written every place, in courthouses, in post office. You'd have them in schools. You'd have the Ten Commandments literally almost every place in public arenas. Why? Because they were saying, this is the kind of country we are. We adhere to the Judeo-Christian law. We obey God's word and try to live among fellowship and among fellow men and treat each other right. We don't hurt people. We try not to do wrong. We try to encourage each other. You see, but you know what? We've walked away from those things. And we so desperately need to live by principles. It's, it's a basic need in our life that we need to reestablish that in our home. You need to teach it in our home and say, you know what, son, we don't do that. You know what, daughter, we don't do that. This is why we don't do it. This is why we care for one another. In the book of Psalms 119, verse 19, it says, I'm only a foreigner in this land. Do you understand we are not citizens of earth? Oh, I'm, a, I'm an American citizen. Some of you are, are other citizenships. But you know what? We're really citizens of heaven. We're just passing through. We're going to go beyond here. So he says, I'm just a foreigner in this land. Don't hide your commands from me because I want to make sure I know how to get there. I want to know how to do it. I want to know how to get there. So make sure you realize that because the world says, you know what? Work your way there. Work hard for God and work your way to heaven. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we're saved by grace, not by works. It says we're saved by his favor. It's a gift from God. The world says, get all that you can as fast as you can. The Bible says, you want to be happy? Give your life away. Give your life away. The world says, you know what? There's not any, anything known as truth anymore. Principles to live by. There are no truth. There are no absolutes. If you say that to people, 
They go, they're absolutes. Of course there's absolutes. There's no absolutes, and I'm absolutely sure about that. (laughs) I don't know. You're weird. Look, there used to be in the modern age, truth began to be debated and then ignored. And then we had the postmodern age, and that was most denied the very thing as truth. And now we're living in the postmodern modern age, and, and it's tolerance is valued more than truth. And if you don't tolerate someone, if you disagree with them, then they label you as a hate monger. And you're going, I don't hate you. I just don't believe that. I'm sorry. I don't believe that. I believe what the Bible says. Oh, that's outdated. That's dumb. The Bible is so current, it's amazing. The Bible is futuristic. It's telling us stuff that hasn't even happened yet, and it's going to happen. I mean, we've got to understand that there's a truth, and we have to start living by that truth, and we have to take it in as a basic truth, the principles that God gave us to live by. But because without any principles, without any truth, man, nothing has meaning then. Nothing has meaning or significance. Nothing matters. Without truth, you're left with nothing solid to build your life on. You're just kind of floating. You're kind of wandering. Jesus had even said, you know what, there's Two kinds of builders, those that build their house on the sand and those that build their house on the rock. When the wind, rain, and storm comes, look what he said right there in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is like a person who builds his house on the solid rock. He's saying, I want you to not only listen, but follow it. So when you hear the word of God, then you're supposed to do the word of God. And when you do that, you're like a man that built his house on the rock. Because you know what? Some people build their house on the sand and everything looks really good. But when the wind, rain, and storm comes, boom, the house goes down. And then it says the one on the rock, the wind, rain, and storm come, but it remains standing. So what's the moral of the story? That everyone gets wind, rain, and storm. Good things and bad things happen to all kinds of people. But we need to understand that God strengthens us. God guides us. God leads us. God instructs us. God carries us. God motivates us. God carries us with his word, and he says, this is how I want you to be. I want you to be a holy people who are holy and wholeheartedly serve me with all of your heart, mind, and soul. So this is why it's so important why we need to have power in our life to live and people in our life to live with and principles to live by. But we also need a plan to live out. Do you even have a plan for your life? you have a plan how to get around? Around different buildings, this building, we have some maps, and it shows a way of escape if anything ever happened. That's why you even have signs with exit signs that say, here's the exit sign and go here. That's why when you go to certain places, they go in, in case of a fire, in case of emergency, here's the plan. They, they give you a plan of action. That's why even in school they have fire drills. If we were to have a fire, this is what you do. This is the plan. They set up a plan for you to live by. A lot of people don't have a plan to live by, and they're just living by chance. Let's see what happens today. Let's see what happens today. Let's just go out there and see what happens. No, I'm talking, let me tell you, it's important to know what to do with the gifts and talents God has given you. 
Some of you have giftings. You have talents that are different from mine. I have giftings and talents that are different from you. But together we come together and we become this amazing force that we could reckon, no one could reckon with. And we're a force that is, that really, we could really take back this city in Albuquerque. We could take back New Mexico and make it a safe place, a loving place, a caring place, a nonviolent place, a non-drug using place. But it takes us all together working together. Our problem, we don't work together. Half of us don't even believe it. We go pray. Yeah, prayer's going to do anything. Well, you don't pray. Prayer transforms. We, I believe that we could take Albuquerque back. I really believe that with all my heart. I believe that we could become a city again that isn't going to be killing people, five-year-olds, 11-year-olds, and even 80-year-olds, that we're going to be a city without all this violence, with all, all these people pulling guns out for everything. We could be a city with all this, without all this drug addiction and drugs going around. Fentanyl is on the rampage, and they're putting fentanyl in everything. So people are ODing, even smoking weed, because they're crumbling up fentanyl in weed now. There was a 14-year-old kid that died smoking weed because it was laced with fentanyl. Another one was laced with PCP. And that was just weed. A lot of heroin addict veterans that have been shooting up $50 a day, and it's been no, no big deal. I do this. I've been doing this for years, are dying because it's laced with fentanyl now, and the heroin that's worth you pay 50, you're getting like a $100 or $150 dose, and they're dying left and right. We've got to take back our city. We've got to take it back. But there's got to be a plan laid out, a plan that we're going to work together, a plan that we're going to believe together, a plan that we're going to do things to take this city back. God has given us a plan, and you know what that plan is? To serve. The Bible even says Jesus came to serve, not to be served. He came as an example that we are to serve. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, don't you realize that we're God's masterpiece and we were created anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So he planned for us to do things and we are to do it together and we're to do it under his anointing and his calling and his blessing and that we work together to really bring the change that God wants us to bring to this city and to lives. But it starts with us, and we have to do it, and we have to believe it, and we have to see it. And we have to know how to get a hold of it. And we have to really believe that our God can and our God is able. So how do I know where and how God wants me to serve? Where's my niche? Well, first of all, discover what your gifting is. That's why in discipleship class, they teach you first what the Word of God says, and then at the very end of the class, you take a spiritual gifts test to see what your gifting is, and we lay out all the ministries that are in our house here or ministries around this city, and this is where you would be best fit serving. And man, then you find your purpose, and you serve, and you do these amazing, amazing things, and you do these amazing jobs. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, it says right there, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. In other words, we're doing it all for one reason, for God and his glory. And so we need to get 
step it up. That's why these essentials are, are very important for your life, that you have the power to do it, that you have the people to do it with, that you, that you have, have truly a, 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 just principles that you're going to live by, how to do it, to do it right, be a blessing, not a curse, and then have a plan of action in place to do it, to really be a, a blessing, to just bless in the middle of, of spontaneity, that it arises and you just step up and help at that moment. And you just do something for that moment because God has brought it right in front of you and you're like, wow, I want to help. I, I did something good. I did a good deed. I did something to, to really make a difference. And then the last thing is we need a purpose to live for. Not just a plan to live by, but a purpose. What, what purpose do you have to live what purpose do you have? What's, what's your purpose statement? Cindy and I, since the day we got married, we've always said this, together we can do it. Together we can do it. And then when we became Christians, together with God, we can do anything. And you know what? God has done things through us that we, we marvel at. We look back and go, did you ever think? I go, Cindy, did you ever think? And she goes, did you ever think? And I go, I didn't even think back in those days. <laughs> are you with me? Yeah, you know who you are. It's like, man, it's like God has just been so good. But you know what? We don't understand our purpose. And when you don't understand your purpose, you feel useless. You feel like nothing matters. And, and sadly, a lot of people haven't discovered their purpose. When you don't discover your purpose, you know what happens a lot of times? You're going through life, so you, you get really hung up on one thing. Like, man, I'm a sports fanatic. There's nothing wrong. That's not a sin to be a sports fanatic. But there's some people that are sports fanatic. They don't serve God. They don't serve their family. They, they're just they're consumed with sports. There's others that are consumed with hobbies. They're consumed with crafts. They're consumed with cooking. They're consumed, whatever you get consumed with, because you're trying to find a purpose, and, and you don't realize that God is the one that gives us these purposes, and he could use that for his glory. And he could partner you up with people that are good at that too and really help. But man, that's why you have people that get into these weird addictions. It's not just drug addictions and, and overeating or pornography or stuff like that. There's people that, are, that, that have gotten so committed to crafts that they didn't even spend money on their family. Their family suffered because they were so hung up on this or they were so hung up on that. No, we have to have purpose and direction. Without purpose, man, a, a study was done recently in New York City. Half of the men of New York that don't have any kind of activity after retirement die within two years because they have no purpose. We're designed for purpose. We're designed to live. Some people just live for the weekend. That, that's it. They live for pleasure. Their whole life is around the weekend, and they're miserable all the time. Even in the middle of their partying, they're still empty. They don't know what they're seeking. Some are trying to discover real purpose. And when you, when you discover real purpose, man, even when you're down, you're up. And when you're up, you're even higher. 
You're like, man, life doesn't get better than this. I know why I'm here on earth. I know why God put me here. I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to do it to the glory of God. The Apostle Paul wrote these words in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 24. He said, and my life is worth nothing to me unless I'm using it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Because that's my purpose. What's yours? These five things that I'm talking about is what I want to look at over the next few weeks. I want to help us really understand how to really tap into God's energy and power and really tap into that for us and how to really develop healthy relationships that are supportive and not destructive and how to really be able to build our lives on unchanging values and principles, things that we could hold on to that never change. His word will never, ever end. It will endure forever. And how to make the most of our talents that God has given us, our gifts that he's given us, and how to really be able to fulfill God's purpose for our life. You know what? God is wanting us to do that. And he's wanting us to get there. And he's wanting us to be real. And that's why he gave us his word. And that's why he said in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. And he will give you everything. He will give you everything that you need. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to hold on to. That's what we need to tap onto. Make God our priority. Make him first and foremost. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of, of his marvelous, glorious ability. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your marvelous glory and excellence because he is calling for you. And some of you are missing out on that. Some of you are missing out because you don't know Jesus Christ. You haven't fully surrendered. And I know I talk about that all the time, but it's so important that we have that relationship with him. And if you've never made that decision to serve Jesus and, and surrender your life to him and you want to do that today, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. You're, you're really talking to me. The Spirit is talking to me. Is there anyone here today? Well, then we want to celebrate. Say, thank you, Lord. Well, then would you stand to your feet? I don't know where you are. I don't know where you are in your journey. I don't know if you've strayed away from some of these principles principles of living with God's power, principles of, of living in relationship with people, principles of living according to God's word, to really going through life, utilizing your gifting, and going through life with purpose, direction. Maybe you want to re-up your commitment to him. Maybe you want to rededicate your life. Maybe you want to say, not like I'm getting saved again. It's about me saying, I need to come to Christ. 
and make things new again. So I don't know where you are today, but if you do need prayer, I encourage you to come up. And then we're just going to dismiss and thank the Lord for what he's doing. So, Father, thank you. I want to thank you, Father God, for your promises that are from everlasting to everlasting. We put our trust in you, Lord. And I pray that today, Lord, many will take the step towards you, the step of getting closer, the step of renewal, the step of saying, I've, I've taken life for granted and I've just been going through the motions. But Lord, I pray that we get started today for a better tomorrow and a better walk with you. That we get started, Lord, in, in preparing for the upcoming year. And Lord, that these basic needs, these essentials are, are truly going to be essential to our life. So Lord, I pray encouragement. I pray power. I pray, Father, that we quit procrastinating and putting things off. And I pray that, Lord, we step forward into the light and into hope. I thank you, Lord. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We love you, church. Hey, listen, uh, because uh, some people have the fear of COVID again, and there is an uprising of COVID, next Sunday, we're going to give away free COVID kits to anyone that's here. It has free four tests in every box. So if you're here next Sunday, make sure you pick up your COVID test that we'll have available to you. God bless you. Greet each other on the way out, would you? Anyone doing baby dedication, please make your way to the front, right over here on the side door for child dedication.